I watch that set all the time. It's one of my favorite sets that we have. And specifically in the middle of one, um, the my mic stopped working. And you can hear Gio was like, just take my mic. And I, you can hear me walk up to it and go, that one's fucking broken too. <laughs> and I tried to put it back on and I was like, shit. Um, yeah, cool. that's also why I'm not inside because I have two cats and they are—they oh. are a bit to handle. <laughs> are they just like will get in get in your way if if you were doing it inside? Oh yeah, they—they they like need my constant attention all the time. Oh, so if I'm not paying it like full attention to them, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck? Like who's this? <laughs> fuck <laughs> this What's podcast? Give me a belly rub." <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. they are very well. It's because like we've been. I got them at the start of like quarantine, so and they were kittens, like kittens, kittens. So they've yeah. grown very attached with how much I've just been at home. So anytime I'm doing something else, they're like, "What the fuck?" Oh, I see. Okay, well, yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad that we're here. Uh, I think we're officially good to go to get started. Um, thanks so much yeah. uh, for tuning in, everyone. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. Uh, we are traveling down to uh, Oklahoma. Um, to be chatting with Laramie of uh, Giveaway. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Of course. Of course. course. Glad to be here. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, for the few folks at home who might be tuning in, who might not know who you are, can you just uh, tell me, I guess, uh, officially where you're based? Because Oklahoma, there's a bunch of different little uh, sectors. But also tell me what you do in the band. Uh, so I'm Laramie. Hi. Um do vocals and a band called Giveaway. We are from Tulsa, Oklahoma, but we're kind of all a bit scattered. Um, we all live in Tulsa now, but I'm from Oklahoma City. Um, Danny, our guitar player, he's from this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. So over the last year, we've all finally in Tulsa now. We're all together, one big family. So it's been good. <laughs> yeah. And, and Laramie's <laughs> been uh, gracious enough to be doing this podcast in the middle of uh, a move. Um, so we were just chatting before we were recording officially on some of those things, um, and, and some cats as well. I'm not sure. Sometimes there's the pre-ramble, which I'm not sure if they'll make the official episode, but, uh, we'll have to wait and see once that comes out. Um, yeah, whatever works. Yeah. So, you know, giveaway is a band that kind of came onto my radar, um, kind of just before snow and flurry 2019. That's where I officially kind of saw you guys for the first time. And, uh, I guess mm -hmm. out of new bands that I had never seen before, you guys were definitely one of the bands that was, you know, you know, there was anticipation versus just like, I have no idea who this band is. And uh, yeah, yeah. E ever since then, there's been like the constant kind of just like um, giveaway love back and forth uh, from the scope yeah. machine, um, not just from you, oh, but yeah. from the rest of uh, the band as well, which I think is really, really cool how hardcore can kind of just bring people together. And then it's like, friends right off the bat oh um, most definitely some yeah. of my the best friendships i have yeah yeah so before we get super into the conversation we got to do the uh the scoped bev check 
Um, so I'm trying to, again, channel this whole Bev obsession of mine into my podcast and into the universe so we can get some sponsorships for season two. Nice. Um, so I'm rocking a Guru. Um, it's my favorite okay. Canadian uh, energy drink. So they have this like energy water line. And um, all right. And this uh, grapefruit flavor is, I think, the best of uh, the entire kind of flavored uh, energy waters that they have. And I don't see a yeah. lot of those, so that's what I'm rocking no. today. Uh, Sounds refreshing. Yeah. Very refreshing. <laughs> I have my, uh, what did I even get? A cold brew, oat milk, iced coffee thing. Um, they had gingerbread this time. I've never seen gingerbread like oh, swirl before, so I got that. Thing. It's really good. It's really, really good. I had to get my, my Dunkin'. My yeah, is that, a, is that a common thing? Just because we don't have Dunkin' Donuts here here in canada oh really no it's um i think the equivalent for us is like tim hortons so i don't know okay. if you've been yeah, we don't have to. north enough to 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 have some of those but um i i feel like they're kind of equal on the uh you know i don't know like maybe there's someone who's listening who's like no no duncan over tim's or, or vice versa yeah i don't know i've never had tim's um i've i mean i i go through my phases with duncan sometimes i'll i'll like drink starbucks for a little bit and then i'll go to duncan my personal opinion duncan is way better um it's a lot sweeter it's that's my problem with it is it's super sweet super oh, okay. sweet coffee but it's good it's a nice treat and it's so cheap this large was like three dollars wow and yeah. i'm like beat that starbucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> your eight dollar iced coffee or whatever yeah i think if you're someone who who does get the fancy drink not just like a, a black coffee if you go to starbucks yeah. like once a day that's like like the lot five six seven dollar purchase every day so uh, eat up your yeah. wallet <laughs> it adds up adds up and um i think starbucks actually recently added like um like plant-based meats and stuff to their to their menu i don't know if that's everywhere i haven't seen it at my starbucks yet but duncan has uh i think beyond sausage like little sandwiches so like a breakfast cool. and they're sandwich? really good yeah like a breakfast sandwich okay it's like beyond sausage egg and cheese something you can get it like without all the extra stuff if you don't so want it. so we're gonna go down a little rabbit hole here but um so when a and w which is like a big uh, fast food chain up here in Canada got the Beyond Meat Burger. It was like crazy town. Like I remember really? when it first came out, like they would have signs like "We're sold out for the next like two weeks." Like people were just all the veggie and vegan people in in Canada were just going mad. And then they brought yeah. in that uh, the breakfast uh, like patty or whatever. And then over like I think a six month period, it just randomly like I started to see signs on the menu saying like, "Oh." were sold out and i was like oh like i that would be a go-to for me in the mornings if i was like strapped and didn't make breakfast and yeah. now i like it's it's non-existent across any of the places that would do that so i've been i've been craving the the breakfast sausage uh beyond Meat yeah. patty for for a long Duncan. time now gotta find you a duncan <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's always weird too because like i i was chatting with someone and they were like talking about like shipping food um, like across the country. I'm like, I don't think that's like really, co I don't know if that's kosher, like country, to, like Canada to US, but I don't know. Yeah, I've never tried to ship any food, period. I don't <laughs> trust it. I did have one of my friends um, in Colorado sent me um, 
a Duncan iced coffee and a donut in a box as a joke because I was oh. talking about how bad I wanted Duncan and there he's like I'm gonna go to Duncan and I'm gonna so did get he you have a to donut like and an iced coffee upright so it's yeah not so it was like <laughs> well no it was like one of the like just little plastic oh, bottles I see okay yeah. yeah but then like a donut and by the time it got to my house it was like rock hard and Gio was there when I got it and he, I think he actually took a bite of it <laughs> and it was rock hard and I was like I'm not eating that but oh man so yeah. it's possible probably not the best transportation for food it's just yeah. through like mail but yeah if it's, it's if it's in a can like a drink um you know trying to speak things into existence as far as getting bev sponsorships mm -hmm. like i see any bev company will s just send a crate or a flat or whatever yeah uh, just like a big yeah but food is like whatever. the the problem it's just like sitting in food a box. Is something else yeah. <laughs> yeah unless it's like plastic wrapped and like vacuum sealed i don't trust it yeah i'll just wait till the time where i can just get that you know freshly made or you know it's only been sitting there for an hour or what have you yeah um yeah well, well <laughs> uh laramie we we got a little off topic but let's officially kind of get into some of the we're talking about food and mail and <laughs> yeah and duncan's um so yeah. how i start off most of the podcasts uh to get context around my guests is just asking them how they got into punk hardcore just diy music in general so take me back in time and okay. kind of give me some of those uh formative moments for you oh god um so i mean I guess, like, you know, a little bit of everybody who's into, like, hardcore or whatever. Um, we all kind of grew up on heavy music. So, as a kid, I had, like, my bands I listened to. Um, my first CD I ever got was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. So, I guess that was kind of my introduction. Um, and also, like, my uncle, he went to punk shows. And because he was really young whenever I was a kid. He was, like, still in his 20s. So, he went to punk shows. And uh, he was into, like corn and slipknot he's like obsessed with corn and like wore adidas all the time <laughs> would tell me about it and like whenever i would get like like grounded you know i would go to my grandparents house and my uncle would always be there and so he would take me to run his errands with him and we would always go and hit like three or four like cd stores mm -hmm. and he would run in and like buy a few cds or like records or whatever and come back and like let me listen to them so okay, cool. it's really just through like family introduction and like uh, my hybrid theory CD was given to me by like a friend of a friend or whatever. And it was just a random CD. Like, this is cool. Check this out. So, and then also bands like breaking Benjamin and <laughs> like disturbed and like all of those bands, um, was like my introduction, but getting into like the local music scene. Um, I actually, I listened to a lot of like pop punk bands and like, I found, um, the local pop punk scene through this band called Tiger Lily, which shout out Tiger Lily. That band is like, oh, means a whole lot to me. But I found them, oh yeah. I found them like uh, scrolling through Spotify or something, I don't know. And uh, I was listening to Taking Back Sunday and I was just looking at like related artists or whatever. And it was like some section that was like local local artists that are similar and Tiger Lily came up and I was like oh my god like this band's local and that's sick and you know I got really into them went to my first pop punk show um I had to have been like 15 maybe I think and I went to like pop punk shows for a few years and of course there were kids from like the hardcore scene that would go to pop punk shows because those two kind of intertwine a little bit so I met some 
some people in the hardcore community and I had no idea that there was even like a hardcore community at all or there were hardcore shows this was my first introduction to just local shows period so um one of my friends had told me about oh like you should come to a hardcore show there's a free one tomorrow night like you should come blah 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 blah. and so I went by myself had no idea what was going on and it was a great time met a few people I can't even I don't think I could even tell you who was on that that show because like my anxiety was so high because it was brand new Mm. but that was it after that you know I made friends and that was my my opening to what it is now and I remember it just being like fascinating yeah so fucking cool (laughs) yeah a very similar like not only just for myself but a lot of people who've come on the podcast where they've heard um you know not only having like maybe a family member who's like yo yo check check this shit out but also like you know just thinking that these bands were just like you know rock stars but then also seeing like oh there's people kind of doing something really similar but it's a drive away and I don't have to wait for the international world tour or whatever for, you know, yeah. Lincoln Park or Corn or whoever to come through. It's like, I can go see this band that's yeah. doing the covers of these bands like tomorrow. So yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. It was cool. Cause like I would go to like warp tour, you know, or like the bigger shows that would come through. Cause that's all I really knew about were like the big tours with like the bigger bands who are like the warp tour bands. And I would, see them all on warp tour so i'd go to warp tour and then i whenever they would come to like vanguard or canes which are like our bigger venues here um i would go there and that's all i really knew about so when i found like local music i was like man these are bands that i really like a lot like they poof they're right there but they're my friends too and i can go and talk to them about like what they write their songs about and like what they're inspired by and like they can like help me out with some of the writing that I want to do because I've, I've always been like a writer too but I never wrote a song so I was like it'd be cool if I talked to these guys just as my friends so that was really intriguing to me was that like I really enjoy these bands but I can have like a personal relationship with them too yeah. like a friendship yeah I think that was so, some of the uh you know going to like certain big big uh you know either metal or or even just metalcore shows uh when I was growing up in Winnipeg it was um you know, you wouldn't see the band like meandering throughout the crowd and just hanging out. It'd be like they're in some green room, you know, because they're on tour and they're just trying to hang out and get prepped for the show. But when you're at a hardcore show, it's like, hey, like I could literally go up and just chat with this, you know, vocalist or bass player or what have you. And nine times out of 10, they're just like, yo, how's it going? And they're like super friendly. So I think that is something that is you know, I think that is the separation from hardcore to a lot of other genres of music where it is this, like, everyone is on the same level, you know, just everyone's on the, on the floor. And it's not like this, oh, I'm going to the show so I can like be with my friends. And then, you know, my, the entertainment comes to stage and, and uh, performs for me. And then we go home. It's like, it is a community and we do get to like Mm -hmm. hang out. It's been very surreal, honestly, to like have certain people on the podcast that, I would see normally at shows all the time, but because of yeah. this pandemic, it's like, I haven't seen you since this fest or this show or what have you. So, yeah. Yeah. I think as a young, like a young kid too, like just any young person that's like, like for me anyway, I like, I was an only child and, you know, we're all like the outcasts or whatever, you know, a little bit like, I don't know, just, social anxiety and you don't make friends very well at school or whatever it was 
kind of like a like a safe space like you could go and you saw all these people who were very friendly to you and like welcomed you with like open arms and it was like oh man like this is so cool like I love music and these guys love music and I can talk to them about music and they're just the nicest people I've ever met so I think as a young person it's important to like have something like that you can kind of escape like school or your family or whatever may be going on and just go to a place that you really enjoy and really feel like accepted I think that that's really important and that's that's why it was like it was pretty cool to me that I could go home and like listen to these bands and like relate to the songs or like whatever and then I could like go to a show and talk to them because they're just my friends you know and just see that they're they're just they're normal people yeah because I feel like with the bigger bands like especially whenever you're a kid you know you idolize these bands that are like oh my god like they know what's going on (laughs) they're like the guy you know what I mean so it's a lot more personal yeah it it is strange when like I think as this podcast has been growing there's been like bigger opportunities for like larger guests to come on but I I found that any like call it big um bigger guest that I have who's who has come through hardcore it feels just as easy to talk to them versus if I was like um I'm just trying to like if I was like if I ever got the chance to talk to any of the Lincoln Park guys and be like, oh my you God. don't know how much your band has influenced not only me, but just like a generation. Be like starstruck type oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. If it was yeah. Mike Shinoda and we were just like shooting the shit, like I would. But at the same time, he is uh, a normal dude, but like he, he's at that like S tier level that would just, it would definitely be, be like starstruck, even if we were doing it over Zoom here. Just but, like this. Yeah. yeah. I would just sit there like, dude you don't even know yeah. <laughs> you don't even know yeah, how do I, and, no. and they're like you know tell me and it's like oh i can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think i can yeah i i think that there are some that i'm like i don't know if it's so outside the realm of like possibility that could happen but um you know it's just <laughs> it's finding someone to essentially be like hey can you ask mike you know or whatever yeah, whoever yeah. it is um you know he, he is definitely one of those like I guess I think that there are some people in called the uh, the larger metal or even new metal space that they I don't know if they know how influential those early records of their bands were for hardcore kids for punk kids like yeah like, like I oh, want to yeah. if I ever got the chance to talk to Corey Taylor from Slow Nine be like do you know mm-hmm. like how your vocal style like what you've done. has influenced like A B C D band like it's it's crazy now we're just day, oh, yeah. daydreaming right now with a lot of those things <laughs> i could go on forever about lincoln park like just that band alone has done so much for me so <laughs> yeah do you have a well since since we're on the topic do you have a favorite lincoln park song oh you you can't narrow it down by the song <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's it's usually I mean, by by you know okay what are your top three from meteor or hybrid theory so so um the the one lincoln park song that really always sticks out to me is because whenever i would take the bus to school they played like this this radio station every single morning and it was one of those radio stations that played like the same five songs just on repeat pretty much and one of those songs was uh i think numb i'm pretty sure it was numb and uh so I heard it every single morning on my way to school. And sometimes on my way home from school, I would hear it. And then I would go home and put in my like hybrid theory. <laughs> and <laughs> and like, listen to it three times over. 
That's funny. Yeah. 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 So that's like the one song that like really, really sticks out to me yeah. every single time. Yeah. That, but Hybrid, Hybrid Theory as a whole is like. Yeah. Front to back, it's like a perfect record. Like you, it can't really be touched. I, I always think yeah. um, there are like some, some of those <clears> tracks <throat> like definitely got their like radio fame as far as just being played yeah. to the world. But yeah, there are some tracks even on there that are just like, this is like just as good a song so yeah we'll get you know i want to make sure this is a giveaway podcast and not a like yeah no there's like so there's, in my head i'm like have you listened to new lincoln park like what do you think yeah, <laughs> like i could talk about it all day yeah um well yeah let's kind of transition back um but yeah tell me the you know i think we've kind of laid the groundwork as far as how things got started for you which is really really cool so let's kind of transition to uh the band that you're doing vocals and giveaway um, is that your first band? Tell me the origin of, of that and how that came to be. And, and kind of for anyone who hasn't seen you guys live and, and know the, the giveaway vibe. Um, so <laughs> uh, giveaway actually started as a different band. Um, didn't last very long, but they actually played my, I had like a 21st birthday show. And which Cold Shoulder actually played, which was unbelievable. It was so awesome. But they were called uh, Impede at the time. And totally different members. I think the only members that are still in giveaway are Danny and Aaron. I say I think, like I'm not in the band and I know that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just Danny and Aaron. And uh, the other members like wanted to do some other things. They're in some other bands. And uh, so Aaron came to me and was like, hey, like, do you have you ever done vocals before? Like, do you wanna do you wanna try this out? Blah blah blah. And um, it started. It, it it started as something really like weird for me because you know I had like done like little guest spots at shows or whatever, but I had never done anything like being a band. I wanted to, but I had no idea how. I didn't even I didn't have anybody really teach me how to do vocals at all because I was too like in my shell and embarrassed that like I didn't want anybody to hear me so I would just practice in my car or wherever Um, but I had no idea so it was very new to me and we used to practice in this little storage unit and uh, I'm like thinking back on like all the all the times giveaway has had and it's really been a process because the members have changed so many times and um, it started out as one lineup and then you know we had Adam Jenkins for a little bit. And then after that, that's when um, Geo and D joined. And that's when we really like found our sound. I feel like that's when everything really like came together. So for the first like year or so, I think it was really just getting comfortable with each other because I didn't know Aaron or Danny at all when I joined. So it was not only was I doing vocals for the first time ever in my life and like writing songs for the first time ever, but I was also doing it with people that I really didn't know very well. So, um, it was, I mean, it was hard. It was, it was really hard, but it was a fun time. It was a learning experience for sure. And then once we got, uh, D and Geo in the band, everything just like, cause they, they're, they're my friends and they've been my friends for like five years and we all just clicked immediately. It felt solid it felt right like writing with them feels awesome like it's it's so much fun and we have so much fun at every single show that we play um any tour or anything it's just fun like that's that's been our main thing through all of this is just we're just here like have a fucking good time so it's been 
it's been a journey for sure. It's been, I personally have, have learned a lot from, from giveaway and just like, just as my, as a writer and as a vocalist, I've heard myself progress with the way that I do vocals. I felt it, um, with my writing style. I try to always like kind of push myself to like think a little bit differently Mm. with how I write stuff. And I love it because all of us have a say in everything in the music we write. Like everybody writes lyrics, you know, I, nobody has like a specific job that they do or whatever you do this and you do this and you do this. We all like come together and we write together. And if I'm stuck writing something, you know, they'll help me out. Or if they want to write like a a song, like I'd let them take the reins on that. And we all just feed off of each other. So it's really fun. So it's a very good, like creative space to be in. Yeah. And, and that's really cool. Like there's, there's a few things to, to break down there, but you know, starting at, Kind just of, kind of rambled and gave it a whole. No, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate, you know, kind of going off of that. And yeah, let's, let's break it down. So, um, yeah, I think it is really cool. Just like how, <clears throat> like you were saying, like you had always wanted to be a man. And I think, you know, when you go to shows, you see someone on stage and they're like performing a certain way or they're talking about a certain way. You're like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Like you see a video, mm-hmm. you know, you know, machine gun Benny came on the podcast and he was talking about when yeah. he was watching videos of travis barker and he's like i want to do that so when yeah. you're oh, in travis barker yeah yeah so i think when you're in you know not just even hardcore but music in general there is like that like oh like i want to do that and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like figuring out like how do i do vocals how do i like you know play the drums like this or how do i do double kick so it's this like you know maybe in your mind it's actually a huge mountain to climb but i think in hardcore it like breaks down some of the um standards if yeah. if that makes sense because mm-hmm. you know with certain things it's like oh if you're playing like if you're playing out of tune that's like the worst thing or if like you're not practice or and you stop that's the worst thing but like in hardcore there's been so many times where i've seen that and bands will just be like oh let's just start again or you know it's it's yeah, actually it's not whatever. as big a big a deal so i think that's yeah. really uh it's really cool how you know, you kind of saw, saw that through and were able to kind of officially grab the mic and do it, uh, like full time, you know, not got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. That's what I have to tell myself every time, because I mean, it's, it's nerve wracking and especially trying a new thing that you've never, ever done before. You just, you got to do it. And like the reason behind everything, like whenever I would go to shows and, you know, it was really like the meanings behind the songs that people were singing and like the aggression behind it um, was something that was really like captivating to me. I was like, man, they're, they're singing about stuff that I would have never thought to even let anybody know, you know, like I would never let anybody into like that side of my brain or whatever. So that was really cool to me, but also like the aggression, it was like, you know, in hardcore, it's very aggressive and like in your face and people are angry or whatever. And so you see them up there getting their anger out and then you meet them and they're like the nicest people in the world. So I really saw it as like an outlet for sure. Like it was a way that I could express myself and like maybe the, the deeper feelings that I have without it being so like, without having like an intimate conversation with somebody you know what I mean? Like having yeah. those conversations are really difficult. So it was a way that I could talk about the things that I deal with regularly and get it out. in I feel like a healthy way. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. and I, think I learned a lot. Yeah. I think it's really cool how, how, yeah, like a lot of the things 
yeah, I, I've never actually thought about it that way where it's like, I don't think a lot of the things that people have written hardcore songs about would just be as upfront if they were just having one on, on conversation with me, but because it's through music and it's through art, it's like, you like know, expression. Yeah. yeah. It's like the invitation to be vulnerable and like scream that to like a room full of, you know, 20, a hundred, 10,000 people, what, what, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting how you brought it up and I didn't know this about you that I guess you were, you said you were a writer first before you were kind of doing music. So has, has yeah. that always kind of been, you know, um, something that you, uh, felt, um, fulfillment in. And then when it came time to like taking words and applying it to, to music, um, cause I've mm -hmm. met people where it's like, oh, this is the first time I actually like writing my feelings for a band. So talk to me about that. Well, it's the first time I've ever done anything as far as like having to write songs and um, like there's a lot of pressure whenever you know that people are going to be reading it as well. So whenever I would write, um, I wrote as like a kid all the way up until like I did actually join a band and find like a purpose, I guess, for my writing. Sure. Um, but I never really took like myself seriously as a writer. I just knew that like I liked to imagine writing songs and I would sit in my notes app and like write stuff. And I, I, I really like pen and paper too. A lot of the songs that I write, even today, I do like pen and paper because it feels, it feels personal and um, really just to like sort through my thoughts and like how I feel and what I'm thinking and to just like look at it. And I feel like I personally have a hard time um, putting my thoughts and my feelings into words so it was a way for me to practice that and like learn more about it and like process it. So I did, a, yeah, I did a bit of writing beforehand, not seriously, but just as a way to kind of see it all and, you know, process things. Um, but I feel like writing for a band is so much different. There's, there's a whole new, like kind of like a little bit of a pressure and you want to make sure everything sounds right. And you also have, you know, four or five other people that have influence on that writing. So you have to think about that too. And so it's a lot different, but it's, it's helped me push myself as a writer. I really like think about what I'm writing and it's opened me up to like a new style of writing and finding new words and new ways to like rhyme things and everything, everything. Yeah. It's, it's helped a lot. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, as far as you saying, like finding a purpose for your writing, like it, it's, I think that especially with the day and age that we live in now, where there's a lot of focus on like mental health and making sure, you know, you're, you're checking that on a constant basis and, you know, everyone has different mm. struggles, um, with that. <clears throat> but I think for me, it's always been like, I have these thoughts in my head and sometimes, like you said, like putting it on paper actually like makes it more real or makes it kind of yeah. like less messy up here um yeah so yeah if you're like you know whether you have ideas or you have like feelings um even if you're not doing it for a band per se if you just have like notebooks with stuff that you can get mm -hmm. out and then you can see that and either you know it, it, it could do a number of things it could either be like oh now that i'm actually writing that down i have a new realization about this situation either I'm overthinking it or uh, I am like critical, like in thinking this way about this topic, whatever it is. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes it is cool to like, um, 
whenever I'm doing stuff in my notebooks, I'll, I'll always date it. So if I have an mm-hmm. idea and then that comes to fruition years on end, I'm like, holy shit. Like I wrote this on a Thursday in, you know, December or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, having the phone and doing the notes app is like really good as far as like, th- like that's what I'm doing for this podcast here. But like having stuff on in pen and paper uh, is, is crucial and, and it is a step is the difference uh, for the technology side of things. So, yeah, I think that um, the, the notes app type of writing is good for like when you're at work and you like think of something and it sounds cool or like something that rhymes that sounds good or like an idea for a song or whatever, like whip my phone out and just like jot it down real quick. And then I come back to it later. Um, I think that writing like pen and paper is just important in general uh some some people it doesn't work for them but um I think that instead of for me anyways like the way that I like to write is I like to set aside like dedicated time to writing without any goal in mind just kind of like getting whatever I'm feeling in the moment out on a piece of paper just like like word vomit basically just like go see where it goes there's no real like point to it or or anything it's like writing just without the pressure Mm -hmm. and then I'll come back and look at it and I'll pick out like pieces that I like that sounded good or you know whatever ideas for songs or whatever and then I'll kind of roll off of that I've never I'm the type that I'll I'll be writing like five songs at one time because I'll have different ideas but I don't I can't sit down and just write a full song which I know a lot of people that can do that and I have the utmost respect because I cannot (laughs) I cannot do it I there's it takes me weeks sometimes months to finish like one song just because I I get so stuck in like my writer's block and I'll sit there and just stare at it and like overthink it and just go over it over and over and over so yeah but I I can never get it down uh how you said like you just have to start even whether it's you know starting to go down the path of like how does my vocal sound and, and trying that in your car with no one in the room. But at, at the same time, I feel like it's sometimes easier, you know, <laughs> versus being in, intimidated by the, the blank canvas, like just to mm-hmm. write something. And then that will like mm-hmm. start the, the process. The snowball of like, effect. Yeah, exactly. Like it, all it takes. And that's, that's no different if you're writing something on a notebook or if you're trying to design something on Photoshop and you're like, I yeah. don't know what the fuck to do. So I think you just got to start gotta start poking it a little bit you yeah know? yeah just gotta see what happens yeah but i but i think it like i do like that idea that you said like you know having time dedicated to doing that versus like oh i'm feeling inspired about this you know this bad day i had or this thing that i saw in the news or whatever and now i'm gonna write a song or a series an album about it it's like if you're you know i feel like tap into those inclinings you know that's like your heart kind of like fueling some of the music but at the same time if you're if you're only doing that and maybe that only happens once a month there's not as much of a an output of that so yeah I agree because I think that if you're not that I I'm not saying that you you shouldn't be like inspired by the things around you and you shouldn't look for things to inspire you I think that that's like really really important but also if you wait for something to inspire you you know, things get in the way, life gets busy, you know, yeah, you're, you yeah. could be running on autopilot for months at a time and you haven't written a thing. Cause that, I mean, that's what happens with me a lot of the time too, is like, I'll, I'll just get so busy and I'll be like, oh, I'll write when I feel inspired. Mm-hmm. And then I 
won't look at look for something or find something that inspires me for months and then I haven't written anything in months and then I actually sit down with my pen and paper and because I haven't done it in so long I have no idea what I'm doing it feels like I'm starting fresh so I think even if you don't have a subject you don't have a specific thing you need to write about or you're feeling the most uninspired you've ever felt in your life I think it's important to just kind of keep those gears turning a little bit and like keep up the creative side and it's just good for your mental health yeah you gotta oil (laughs) the machine so exactly yeah exactly i think it's i think it's good to like keep up with it yeah i i really think that you know i'm sure that at least one person listening to this is like oh yeah that is that is something and you know that's a constant hope for me for this podcast is like to talk about the things around music and and other things but hopefully people are listening to this and like actually taking something to apply in their own lives um yeah well something else i wanted to ask um so you know uh snow and flurry 2019 was the first time that we got to cross paths and film the set of you and put it out on the channel and um yeah i think i knew prior that uh steven from 197 had filmed you guys at the not the 2020 ldb but the one beforehand 2019 mm-hmm. and and then mm-hmm. i just started to go through the rabbit hole of like oh like you know these um, giveaway has been kind of filmed by like some of the, I would say like the, the more notable, um, archivists in the world. So Hey, five, six, obviously, uh, one, nine, seven and, and scoped. And then the only, only ones that I couldn't kind of think about, or I guess I don't think you guys had had that opportunity is, uh, being filmed by my friend, David Tan in the UK, um, Mm. or other ones. And I noticed that most of the time when these, you know, sets came out, you guys, um, you know, th- there's always bands that I'll post something and they'll either just throw it up on their story or they'll post it. But, you know, some stuff that you guys really were like, no, we want to, you know, promote this and-, and use that as an opportunity to push the band that much more. So was that just like, uh, you know, something from the get go or do you, like, I'm just kind of curious if you could share how an archivist like myself or Sonny or Steven, um, creating a piece of content has affected um a band like you like you guys it's been a bit like surreal for us every time anybody asks to film us at all um it's we're very grateful for like every opportunity that we've ever gotten and it's like i don't know it's very like nerve-wracking and kind of like it's surreal like it it opens up a lot of stuff for us because, you know, it, it brings in people from all over the place to, to just check us out. Like, I know that you mentioned that just from the scoped exposure set from snow and flurry, you had like people message you that hadn't heard of us before. And like, it's just that alone is like, we'll get, we'll get messages from people and they're like, Oh, I saw your video here. I saw your video here. Like I never heard of you guys before. And you guys are one of my favorite bands now. And that's, that's something that is like, really really cool that I've noticed is because we don't all of us are very inactive I feel like on social media (laughs) like like none of us really have Twitter um there's a giveaway Twitter but nobody uses it and you know I recently like made a new Instagram and we all kind of stay pretty low-key and we never post and we honestly forget about the giveaway social media so we're not really good about like keeping up with it so whenever we get the opportunity and somebody wants to film us and like throw our setup that's like 
one of the only forms of like promotion that we really get I feel like and that's like our own fault but um and like I don't know I I don't know that's kind of a tough question a bit because to me it's just like it's just like it opens up a whole new world for us mm, it feels like I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, right. no I, I, I think that's kind of what I was kind of curious on because, you know, it, it's always this constant thing. Like, I think the the 2021 hardcore space that we'll be entering um, has been probably the best, I guess, respect for, you know, people that archive shows. But there are still people in the world who think because I put a set on YouTube that I'm making hundreds if not thousands of dollars i'm like you do yeah. not know how how youtube common, common like, misconception <laughs> <laughs> but you know like you know sonny has said it multiple times if he films one set of a band and one person who watches that video goes and pre-orders a record or buys a shirt you know That's that has it, made like, worth it yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you know like you were saying um it's it's kind of like people are looking to me or other you know people that film shows as not like tastemakers necessarily, because at least for me or or people like uh, Sunny, we kind of just like we'll film whatever you know all the bands at whatever shows that we you know are are at. There's not like a, yeah. oh this band is you know has a weird vibe. I'm probably not going to film it. Um, so there's this constant thing where people are looking to us to kind of find out about new music. Obviously, you know I've filmed. Yeah stepping stone more times than i can count but you know when a new band comes up i'll like write about it and kind of share my thoughts and and like you said a lot of people were just like yo this this band's really sick out of all the bands that i filmed from snow and flurry so for me that's fulfilling in the sense like i got to put give way onto you know my friends from ottawa all the way to vancouver um Mm -hmm. but you guys also get get that as well so that when you, if if and when giveaway ever comes up to Canada, it's not just like a fish out of water. It's like there's some yeah. reference points there. Yeah, that's why I think like it's so important because also you know you don't think about some people and like especially younger kids they don't have like the opportunities to to go to shows or you know they can't. Some of them just sit at home all day and they watch live sets or whatever so it's the only way they find out about anything and I know that just like that's what I used to do is like that's how I found a lot of my bands is I would you know scroll through YouTube or you know whatever Facebook or whatever and like people would post live sets or you know music videos music videos were a really big deal and um, that's how I would find new music was just sitting on the computer all day long and just letting my YouTube kind of play through and like watch live sets of you know bands that I did know about which would lead to seeing a set from this band and this band and this band and this band and that's how I would find new music so I think it's really important and it's really cool and and anytime you know we get the chance to like have one of our sets posted it's 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 the same thing every time we always hear from from somebody that's like I never heard of you guys before you guys are really cool and that alone makes it all like worth it yeah and I think it's really important because for some people, it's it's all they got. They can't really go to shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think you know, not realizing that or realizing that not every one thing, as far as discovering music, new music, is the thing for everyone. Like some people mm-hmm. get nerdy about going to a record store and just perusing through all these different records. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. some people want to watch music videos. Some people want to just 
be like, <clears throat> today is Hate Five Six Day, and I'm just gonna spend 18 hours just looking through uh, the website. Some people, but I think, at least what I think social media does is like creating breadcrumb trails as far as like, hey, here's a little snippet of the set, and then you can go watch it. Here's a snippet of this podcast, and you can go listen to it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think I think I mainly want to just hit on that mainly because I've seen you guys like really you know, realize the opportunity of like pumping someone up versus just like, here's your reshare or whatever. Yeah. Cause it is a, it, I think it's a win for both people when there is that like, you know, realization where, you know, it is this kind of flooding of two audiences that come together and then there's spill off for each. So. Yeah. I think with like this year, especially with everybody being at home and not being able to do anything and, you know, Man, I know I speak for a lot of people and like I say that shows are a big part of you know people's lives and me and Gio I think we're just talking about this the other day how like you know you could be having a bad day or you had a bad day at work or whatever but at the end of the day you'd go to a hardcore show or whatever and you'd see all your friends and you'd forget about whatever you were mad about two hours ago right. and so it's a it's a good escape for a lot of people and not being able to really have that for the last year has been something (laughs) it's been it's it's been something I mean I think a lot of people have have like had to find other things to do which I think that's a good side of it is people are like being creative and getting a lot more personal and like learning a lot more about themselves and bands are writing music and pumping out songs and that's fantastic but not having shows is like a really weird thing so we'll all like sit at my house or whoever's house and like we'll start going down like a live a live set loophole and we'll just watch like oh let's watch this set and let's watch this one and let's watch this one oh my god that set was so much fun and we'll just go down this whole thing of telling stories and talking about it and it gets like I don't know it it hits like a spot because it's like man it's an it's another way to like relive it and it hits different when you haven't had it for the last year yeah yeah and I think like a job of mine is like you know, when you go to a show, you know, we'll just use Snow and Flurry for an example. Everyone is has their different, like, vantage point. You know, either they're at the back of the room, they're at the very front of their side stage, they're playing, so they're on stage. Everyone has these different viewpoints, but, you know, with having multiple cameras and different, you know, pans and mm-hmm. things like that, I can, I can kind of tell at least my perspective of how that set went. Everyone can kind of be yeah. like... Oh, like, and so it's so crucial for me to be like, to catch that stage dive or to catch like yeah. that guest vocal spot or someone like, you know, doing some weird dance to this one, like, you know, groovy yeah. part or whatever. <laughs> so I think that all plays a part. And yeah, it definitely hits right now when you're looking at stuff and you're like, man, like even, even when a band is doing like, a any of like <clears throat> Sunny's like streams, it's like, oh man, like. I would just be th- throwing down to this riff or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to be there right now. Yeah, <laughs> rather than sitting in my room like I have been. Yeah, I I'm trying to be at least optimistic. You know, I'm not sure of the actual like time frame of maybe when a vaccine comes into play and people feel safe that they can. You know, there the the restrictions are lifted and shows can happen. And people feel safe enough to congregate and do that. But I think everyone. Uh, they were talking about this on Instagram, but I think everyone is just very much looking forward to having a very fun oriented hardcore show. So, you know, 
uh, I think the the band that they used was like a turnstile vibe kind of show. Just people just yeah. going absolutely bonkers. Just having fun. Yeah. That's that's my favorite part about like especially rewatching like live sets or like anything. Like we'll sit and watch like the snow and flurry sets and like we'll sit and tell stories and like you look off into the corner and you can see like your group of friends and they're just like smiling and you haven't seen some of your friends smile like that in like so long. And it feels good. It's like, it, it feels good to like see people just genuinely having like a great time, like a good time and being like fully themselves, not worried about anything. You know, you're just here with your friends and you're having a good time and you're dancing and you're grooving and it's fun. It's fun. I think it's really important. Yeah. And I, I feel like that is a perfect segue into this other uh, question I have. So I have to uh, I have to applaud you because uh, I really dig the stage presence that you have alongside of when you play oh, in giveaway. I think that's such <laughs> a crucial you. thing, um, not only for someone who plays guitar, bass, or whatever, but for vocalists mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I was thinking about this today, and I I think this could be a fun rabbit hole that we go down. Is uh, a lot of vocalists will just like you know, do the, the mosh call or, you know, trying to control the crowd, like side to side, like all that kind of cliche stuff. But I, I'm kind of curious, is a vocalist who's kind of almost moshing on stage a better way to get the crowd excited about, you know, a certain part in the song versus just saying, fucking kill each other or, or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> um, For me, like, I... I always, it, it, I've had the same, my anxiety has never gone away before a show. I, sure. I still feel just as nervous as like my first show as I do at every single show, just because it's, it's people and you gotta like yell and you know, you know, what if, what if I'm ugly or something <laughs> like just something so stupid. And um, so for me, it's like, I have a really bad habit of like, I, I won't face like the crowd I feel like that's like something that I but I when I do that I just want to like look at like my bandmates and I just kind of think about it and I'm like man we're all here these are my best friends we're having a good time like I'm just gonna vibe and dance oh no oh god what's happening oh you got the I turned on my windshield wipers <laughs> I was like oh no it's some like setback. car coming behind you or something but oh was it dragging over <laughs> the, the ice no it's they're just on. I don't even know if you have I, snow down there right now. It's actually supposed to snow here tomorrow. Let me see if I can turn this off real quick. Sorry if you have to like cut this out. No, this it's is gonna fine. be really annoying. Unless you I want me go. to. Sometimes like I, I I try to keep the podcast just like the live sets, like all one the... like one big stream. <laughs> this is the very first time there's been a car oh, malfunction good. on the podcast. So <laughs> it's because I hit it. I like talk with my hands, so I've been like holding the steering wheel, so I'm not like in your face no you're fine <laughs> but um what was i saying we were that's talking about uh, if that's making a noise it's fine whatever you're all so good it, so do its thing. i think we were talking about like um you were talking about uh anxiety for when you're playing a show and then you're like oh oh yeah we're yeah, all yeah, here yeah. we're having a good time yeah 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 so i i'm not really like a like a mosh call type of person like like it doesn't bother me or anything when other people do it. I think it's sick personally, but I, it's just never been my thing. So I just like to like groove and have a good time. And like, I'm there with my friends and I see other people moshing and I want to mosh and I want to dance and I want to have a good time. And it also just helps like loosen me up a bit. 
so I'm not as like pent up and like nervous so if I can just like have a good time and vibe and like see my friends and then like look at all my other friends that are at the show and like they're having a good time and they're smiling at me like it just makes me want to just groove with them really I just want to have a good time with them (laughs) yeah no I think it is really interesting because I think that is something you're seeing more of probably in the last year or so and and maybe I'm just being a little ignorant you know maybe there was bands doing you know on stage dancing while in between you know lines or whatever but I do think that it does yeah like some people aren't like why would I say like all these certain things when it's like (laughs) I'll just you know this is a two-step so I'm gonna I would be two-stepping to this riff anyways like I feel like most hardcore bands like and I'm guilty of this myself like my 2020 like Spotify recapped was just like my band's demo. I'm like, Ooh, like maybe really? I'm not going to share that. But like, I think no, a lot that's of, sick. I think a lot of people, you know, you know, they're writing the music that they would want to hear or like, you yeah. know, be at the show too. So, so yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to dance to it? Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. like our thing behind it is anytime we're writing music or anything, like we all just want to write just like groovy parts or like fun two set parts that we would be like oh shit like that's that's fun as hell like I want to dance to that so whenever you're playing a show and you're there with all your friends and whatever like why wouldn't you like just have a good time so I think that sometimes people take themselves a little bit too seriously on stage yeah just have just have fun that's why we're there yeah I uh it was funny when I was watching uh the hey five six set of yours just before uh we were doing this podcast and I think it's it's always funny the the in between moments between songs because Sunny and you know any archive any true ar- archivist isn't gonna cut <clears throat> any like of the stuff in the middle unless it's like very very uncomfortable like I, I've I've filmed sets where someone breaks a string and then the guitar change over time of like five minutes there I'm for like, like ten minutes yeah, yeah. I'm like maybe I'll just <laughs> snip this but most of the time it's like um, you know it's cool to 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 hear the banter from people to the to uh the homies and things like that um but anyways you were uh i think it was like from the prom core show and you're like oh it's like oh god it's like really hot in here and then like um aaron hit the, the song the started drum immediately beat, and you start dancing immediately I'm like <laughs> i i watch that set all the time it's one of my favorite sets that we have and specifically in the middle of one um the my mic stopped working and you can hear Gio was like, just take my mic. And I, you can hear me walk up to it and go, that one's fucking broken too. <laughs> and I tried to put it back on and I was like, shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think in the moment there's like those, those things that happen that you don't intend for. And then in the moment you're like, oh man, why, why did I do that? Why did I say that? But then like you watch it back and it's just that much funnier that like you can watch yeah. it in a year, 10 years, five years and be like, Man, that really happened. I remember one time we were playing and we were gonna, uh, we were ending our set with a Hatebreed cover, and I totally blanked. I'm like, "Yeah, thanks for coming out," and I like unplugged my guitar, and then I looked, and everyone's like, "Dude, we have one more song," and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, and I look back at that, I'm just like, "Oh, you, you big dummy." But like, it is funny yeah. that that happened. Yeah, I do that all the time. They, cause they, we have like a handful of covers that we've played before we we haven't covered like a full song but we'll just cover like our favorite parts of songs Mm -hmm. and so randomly at the end of a set i'll like be like all right thanks like you're a good way blah blah blah, be safe have a good night and then i'll turn around and i can see like d and geo and danny like giving each other the look and i'm like oh no and then they'll start playing like 
whatever system of down or something. And I'm like, here we go, can go. Yeah. You're like, oh, right. One more. Okay. Um, no. Right. It's fine. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, all right. Well, Laramie, I think we can start to, to wrap up things here on the pod. Um, the last question I asked all of my guests is a favorite uh, mosh story that they would like to share. So that doesn't necessarily need to be like something that you did happen to you. It could be something that you sh- saw at a show that just stuck with you. Whatever is the first thing to your mind is kind of how we end it here. Oh, God. I have so many. I know. It's the always... entirety of Snow and Flurry. <laughs> like every single so set. So much. Yeah. Every single band. Every single. Because like all of us, especially us from Oklahoma, like we, I feel like we were moshing the entire time. The, the whole time. And so we have so many moments. We were just like, oh, my God. Um almost breaking my ankle at LDB. Oh, that was, that was a good time. Oh, sorry. If my camera went out, my, my phone <laughs> batteries running a little bit low. Uh, that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I almost broke my ankle. Oh, there was, <laughs> I got one. Okay. Um, okay. so it was flyover. I think I talk about this story all the time. I think it was flyover and it was during, uh, upright. And so before we went, I was, or maybe it was a prom core. I, I don't remember. It was at the Vanguard in Tulsa. And that was when everybody was drinking like bang. Oh, and they're okay. telling me about like bang, like, oh, you should drink bang. And I, I drink bang a, a little bit after that. So it was what it's whatever now. But at the time I didn't even really drink much caffeine to begin with. I would have like coffee and whatever. And um, so somebody was like, you should just drink half of it. And then you know, drink the other half in like a few minutes, but we were on our way there and I couldn't take my drink inside. So I chugged the whole thing. And then I forgot about it. I forgot that I drank a bang because I was like, oh, we're at the show now. It's fine. Whatever. We're going to have a good time. And then upright played. And I remember in the middle of upright set, I'm like moshing, doing my thing. And I feel like my entire chest get warm. Like my heart's like beating really fast and my eyes got big. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I walked outside and I like went up to my friend. I was like, I think I'm dying right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. Something's happening. Like my heart's about to explode. And they're like, you drank a bang. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, whatever. So that's always a story that I look back on just because in the moment I thought I was going to. Yeah. You felt like you're having an out of body experience. Like your heart was literally going to bang and explode. (laughs) Those things are kind of scary. But then there's just multiple times where like your friends do something stupid or you almost break your bones and whatever i moshed with like a i so i fractured my ankle at ldb and i fractured it at the pre-show and i moshed the entire weekend on a fractured ankle i was rubbing like icy hot on it just to like numb it up so i wouldn't feel it (laughs) you're like the the band's like tuning and you're just in the corner with the ice in the corner like pulling my converse down like putting icy hot on and then it would just start stinging and burning and i couldn't feel it so i was like i'm good now i can't feel anything i don't even remember having feet (laughs) what is feet i don't know they're numb. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we got to do that because I know sometimes I think if a listener is like, oh, they talked about the ankle story, but I'm glad that we got two for the price of one. So that's very sick. Yeah. Uh, Mosh stories are always so hard for me because there's a million. I could. I know. I, could I know. Tell a million. I could literally just have an episode that's just call in and it just tell me a mosh story. Uh-huh. And that, that could be. Oh, man. You could. Exactly. Yeah. 
that that's a good idea we yeah i might have to do that <laughs> uh well Laramie, like this a is, separate thing yeah this has been a blast um like i don't just say this because you're on the podcast but you know I'm, I'm very glad that we got to cross paths and get a set of yours and i've been you know yeah. very much anticipating the next time that we can do that whether it's us coming down um to your neck of the woods or you coming up to our neck of the woods um anything that you want to shout out plug you know any giveaway things you want to tease at the end of the episode here uh the floor is yours for whatever you want to share um Ooh, support mass movement community arts okay. tune into those uh aaron has been doing some some live streams as of recently oh, yeah. okay. um some bands yeah so some bands will will come up here and um he sets up a little area at mass movement which is our our little diy venue that we have here mm-hmm. and um films the set like normal um and then it gets like edited and everything and you pay like basically the price of like a show like five dollars seven dollars and he puts it up for i think he's been doing like 48 hours like two two or three days and he's got a a number of different bands i think omen had one uh ballista had one um i think, I think he's Fist got some other Fury bands has one yeah, coming Fist, up. yeah. Fist of Fury has one coming out um a few other bands that i don't want to they're not ready to like announce it yet right yeah yeah but um I'm sure that I, it'd be fine if I, like, you know, we are planning on doing one. So oh, okay. keep an eye out yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, don't know when. It's been, I haven't done vocals in, like, six months. And I got back into it. And it's so hard getting back into straining your voice like that. So we've been, like, keeping up with regular practices. Uh, we are writing. So there's a little, we'll have some new music coming out, live stream. But, yeah, tune into those live streams. Support your local venue because they are struggling right now more than anything i've seen so many venues that have had to close down so donate anything support your local music scene yeah definitely all the mass movement stuff will be in the description of the video (laughs) and the show notes uh but yeah i'm 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 glad that you plugged that because i've unfortunately had to see the same where either venues big and small are struggling and um you know as soon as things are we get the green light to have shows again we we need to have those venues yeah you know not everyone has a has a house that they're willing to to have all these strangers come in especially yeah post pandemic so yeah we got to keep keep the venues here and uh yeah support those support those people oh yeah but we're not gonna have shows when shows are by the time everyone's fine and it's safe again we're not gonna have anywhere to go yeah yeah well <laughs> so let's important. let's be the change of that Laramie, thank you again for coming on the podcast and jamming with me. This has been a blast. Yeah, thank you for having me.